The reading tonight is from Luke 19, verses 1 to 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner? But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I, if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Matty. What are you looking for? My family often asks that question, and it usually involves shoes, car keys, glasses, um, hair brushes, and coats. And usually after a bit of looking, we manage to find what we're looking for. Maybe you're here tonight and you know where those things are in your house. But you're here because you're looking for something else, something more important. Maybe you're here because you're looking for God. You're taking a look at Christianity. A friend's invited you along and you're curious to find out a little bit more about this faith which they talk about. Or maybe you're looking at Christianity again. You knew more about it in the past and life's moved on and... You're here tonight because you'd like to take a second look. Maybe you've been looking for a while. Maybe this is the first time you're looking. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. Thank you for looking. You're not the only person looking. Because in our story, there's Zacchaeus, and he took a look at Jesus. In fact, he so wanted to see who Jesus was, he ran and he climbed up a tree. Men like him, at his time, didn't do things like that. That's what children did. Not grown-ups, but Zacchaeus did. He left his pride and dignity on the ground, and he climbed up a tree. And maybe when your friends or colleagues find out tomorrow morning where you were tonight, you might look a bit stupid in their eyes. But to be honest, if anyone wants to see Jesus we need to leave our pride and dignity on the ground. But who did Zacchaeus see? And who will you see when you look? Well, Jesus tells us in verse 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This is who he is, and this is what he's about. This story is a picture of Jesus the searcher and Jesus the saviour. It's exactly why he has come. It takes us to the very heart of Christianity. And tonight, as you look, this story could become your story too. The Jesus of this story seeks the lost. 
Listen again to how it begins. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. Why is Zacchaeus up a tree and not at the front of the crowd? Because everyone in Jericho hated him. Tax collectors were corrupt. They exploited their own people. They charged above the going rate and they pocketed the difference. And they were backed up by the hated Roman authorities on whose behalf they collected the money. So in the people's eyes, they were collaborators. They were traitors. And not only was Zacchaeus a tax collector, but he was the chief tax collector. Not only did he make money out of people, he made money out of, out of the people who were making money out of other people. If there was any dirty money around, you could be sure that Zacchaeus's hands had been on it first. He had stopped trending on Twitter. He was old news. Everyone knew he was sleazy, a fraud, and he kept getting away with it. But this day, he's up a tree because he wants to see Jesus. Now imagine the story ended at verse 4. And Zacchaeus is at home that night, and he's having dinner with his family. And the conversation goes something like this. You'll never guess who I saw today. Who? Jesus. Really? Yes, he was about from here to the wall away from me. Like, to be honest, he wasn't that special. Brown hair, beard. Okay, he was quite a bit taller than me. But... He was just passing through. He was on his way to Jerusalem. Well, that was nice for you, dear. Now, I hope you haven't forgotten that we're going to Benjamin's house on Saturday. But that's not how the story ends, is it? Like, what makes the difference is not that Zacchaeus is looking for Jesus, but that Jesus is looking for Zacchaeus. Verse 5. When Jesus reached the spot... He looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. Now the people, the crowd are standing around, the people are standing around. They're looking at Jesus. What's he going to do now? And the crowd are holding their breath. Like, this is it. Jesus is going to get him. Jesus is going to expose him for everything that he's done. He is going to condemn Zacchaeus and punish him. And he is going to get what he deserves. And yet listen to what Jesus says. Zacchaeus. He's not a face in the crowd or up a tree. He knows him. This is personal. He knows him. He knows all about him. Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Like of all the people in Jericho who Jesus could choose to stay with, here is the most undeserving. And the crowd know it and it galls them. Verse 7. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Like, doesn't Jesus know where the money has come from for that sofa that he's sitting on? Doesn't Jesus care about my uncle whose house was repossessed because Zacchaeus stole his money? 
Isn't Jesus aware of the businesses that have gone bankrupt because of Zacchaeus' taxes? The crowd mutters, but Zacchaeus is exactly the person who Jesus has come for. Jesus invites himself into Zacchaeus' house, just as it is. No need to tidy up, doesn't have to attend church a bit, no need to go on the chat shows and make a tearful confession. Jesus simply says, I'm coming home with you. But what does that mean? I'm coming home with you. He doesn't say, I'm coming into your heart. Going home meant to participate fully in someone's life. It was all bound up with the evening meal that people would have eaten together. They enjoyed the food and then they went to bed. And you were inviting someone right into the center of your life and house. The ideas of intimacy. I'm coming home with you. Zacchaeus' home was the center of his wealth, of all his dirty money. There's a British saying, home is where the heart is. And our homes reveal our hearts. They reveal our values. They show us as we really are. How we've arranged our homes tells others what is important to us. We actually have guests staying with us in our house this week. And they'll be out most of the time. They're exploring Oxford. They'll be working from cafes. But they will be home with us. They will see our house. They'll see our home. They'll be involved in our lives. They'll see our values. They'll see us close up. What is Jesus saying when he says to Zacchaeus, I'm coming home with you? I'm not coming into your heart. I'm coming into your home. I'm not here for Sundays, but 24-7. I'm not some app to make your life work better. I'm the entire operating system. I'm not coming to tidy things up, but I'm going to change everything. We want people to know us and love us. We want to be fully open with someone and to be fully loved by them. If someone knows all of you, even the very secrets of your heart, but they don't love you, we feel we feel very exposed, we feel vulnerable, we feel crushed. But if someone says they love us and they don't know us, well, what does that mean? What is that kind of love? It's just words, it's empty, it's meaningless. We want to be both known and loved. For there to be truth and acceptance. And that's, with Jesus, that's what Zacchaeus received. And so can you. There's Zacchaeus looking for Jesus. But Jesus is actually looking for Zacchaeus. And now he's found him. He's coming home to stay. But there's more because the Jesus of this story saves the lost. What happens when Jesus comes home to stay? When he comes into your life? Because if you're up a tree, if you're having a look, you need to know how much it's going to cost. And in Zacchaeus' case, it cost a packet. 
Like, did you notice the order in which it all happens? Because the order is really important. Jesus doesn't seek him out and tell him, Zacchaeus, if you stop cheating and stealing, then I'll come home with you. Zacchaeus doesn't say, Jesus, I've seen the error of my ways. I'm going to go clean now. Please come home and stay with me. No, that's not how salvation works. Jesus seeks him out. Jesus shows him unconditional love and grace. Jesus invites himself home with Zacchaeus. And verse 6, so he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And then, verse 8, the change comes in Zacchaeus' life. Change is the result of love, not the reason for love. If you feel the pressure to perform in order to be loved, then you'll be insecure. How do you know you will have ever done enough? You'll do it grudgingly. You'll resent it. But that's not Zacchaeus. His life is radically affected by grace. He's doing things now because he wants to, not because he has to. The Jewish law said... You had to give 10% of your income to the poor, but Zacchaeus gives 50%. The law required thieves to pay back the original amount they had stolen plus an extra 20%, but Zacchaeus is giving back 400%. His heart is transformed. He's no longer living for money, but for Jesus. His relationships are restored as his money flows back into the community he had previously exploited. No wonder Jesus says of him, verse 9, he's a son of Abraham, not simply because he's Jewish, but because he's one of God's people through Jesus. That's what happens when Jesus says, I'm coming home with you. When he says he's saving the lost, he doesn't invite himself into our houses after we have changed. He invites himself in before we have changed just as we are, because he will change us. So how do you get this salvation? How do you reply when Jesus says, I'm coming home with you? Well, you could reply, I've had a look, but not today. Why not? Well, Jesus, who else have you been staying with? You know, if you're going to hang out with people like Zacchaeus, I'm not sure I want to be associated with you and with them. Look, I've got a reputation to maintain, an image to keep up. Or not today, Jesus, because your mission is to seek and to save the lost. And let's be honest, that's not me. Like, it's very kind of you to think of me. But there must be some mistake. Like, I know I'm not perfect. And I'd be the first to admit that. But I think the person you really want is sitting over there. Oh, Jesus, not today. I need to tidy up first. Like, life is just so busy at the moment. Work and friendships and romance and school. And just let me, just let life settle down a little bit before you come. Let me get a little bit of control. I'll be a bit better at the church thing and I'll start praying again. Or not today, Jesus, you're much too hectic. You're a wrecker. 
You'll come into my home and you will change everything. You'll make too many changes. You're too disruptive. I just want things the way they are, the way that I have set them up in my life. I know how grace works. If I earn my salvation, then I can demand you play your part. But if I'm saved by grace, by unconditional love, then there is no change you can't ask me to make. So no thanks, Jesus. Not today. In other words, we want life to stay as it is, the status quo. But saying not today is not your only option. There's another one. You can take a look at Jesus, and then you can take Jesus home. Verse 6. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Like, just picture it. Jesus and Zacchaeus walking down the road together, under the trees, the crowd following behind them. They're on their way to Zacchaeus' huge mansion with the security gates, and he is full of joy. He is the happiest man in the world. He can't believe it. Jesus is coming home with him. And just imagine the video Zacchaeus posted later. I was a dirty, rotten scoundrel. I was lost. But he said, I'm coming home with you. And I didn't even need to tidy up. Like, where would I begin to tidy up my life? But I didn't need to. He accepted me just as I was. So I took him home. And we too can take Jesus home. How can God do that? How can God show such radical grace? How is that possible? Because Jesus paid the price of seeking and saving the lost. Like, Jesus wasn't indifferent to Zacchaeus' wrongs. He's a just God. He's passionate about justice. Zacchaeus should have been punished in this world and in the next. And you may not have lived his lifestyle. You might be worse. You might be better. But Luke tells us we're all lost. But as Jesus left Jericho and as he entered Jerusalem, he didn't climb up a tree. He was nailed to a tree, to a cross. And there he died, and he took on himself all Zacchaeus' wrongs and all of our wrongs. He was punished not for his sins, but for our sins. He paid the price. He covered the cost. And so when he says, I'm coming home with you, he forgives our sins. He takes away your guilt. He satisfies God's justice. He gives you a new start. He wipes the state clean. He assures you, I love you. I accept you as you are. But I'm not going to leave you there. Get ready for the adventure because everything will change. In Zacchaeus' life, the grip of money was broken. And in your life, everything will be affected by this salvation. Money, sex, job, family, marriage, church, the whole lot. Because you decided to take Jesus home. So how do you make that move from taking a look to taking Jesus home? Well, like Zacchaeus, you need to have a conversation with Jesus. And it could go something like this. Admitting 
admitting that you're lost and you're living with yourself in charge. Believing, thanking him that he came looking for you and found you, just as you are. No pretending, no performances. And then committing, welcome him into your home. Tell him he's the one in charge and put everything on the table for him to change. You may want to do that now. You may want to go home and read this story again and then have that conversation. You may want to find out more, chat to her friend who's come with you, come back on Tuesday to hear Rebecca speak, come along to Christianity Explored the week after that on the 14th of February. We would love to chat to you about these things to help you to make that conversation. Maybe you're here tonight and you've already taken Jesus home. Well, this story is a wonderful encouragement to you of how Jesus came to seek and to save the lost, of how his grace flooded your life and how he has changed and will continue to change you. How Jesus came to seek and to save our family and friends, our colleagues and neighbors. No one is too lost. No one is too far up a tree for Jesus to see and save. So what are you looking for? The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Make Zacchaeus' story your story. Take a look and take Jesus home. Let's take a moment to reflect on God's word, perhaps to have that conversation with Jesus. Perhaps you've had that conversation before, perhaps tonight for the first time. Talk to him about what you've heard in the story, and then I'll lead us in a prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are the one who came to seek and to save the lost, all the way from heaven and your Father to this earth, to the cross. Thank you that you know each one of us and that you love us, and you call us to take you home. So I pray, Lord, that you would help us to, to do that, to take a look and to take you home. May you be at the center of our lives and help us this week to live for you. In your name we pray. Amen.